Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 158. We're in Leviticus chapter 12. I've got my Banner of Truth mug. Goes with my Banner of Truth bookends that you see behind me. And several Banner of Truth books that you have up there. All right, seriously, we're in Leviticus chapter 12, which is very short, as you can see from what's on the screen. And so we're going to focus on this chapter, but also see some other things that we've been picking up in Leviticus since our reading is not as long today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for giving us life in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for showing yourself to us and giving us your will through your word. Please write your word on our hearts today and help us to live to honor you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Leviticus chapter 12. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, If a woman conceives and bears a male child, then she shall be unclean seven days. At the time of her menstruation, as at the time of her menstruation, she shall be unclean. And on the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. Then she shall continue for 33 days in the blood of her purifying. She shall not touch anything holy, nor come into the sanctuary until the days of her purifying are completed. But if she bears a female child, then she shall be unclean two weeks, as in her menstruation, and she shall continue in the blood of her purifying for 66 days. And when the days of her purifying are completed, whether for a son or for a daughter, she shall bring to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting a lamb, a year old for a burnt offering, and a pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering. And he shall offer it before the Lord and make atonement for her. Then she shall be clean from the flow of her blood. This is the law for her who bears a child, whether male or female. And if she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take two turtle doves or two pigeons, one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering, and the priest shall make atonement for her, and she shall be clean. That is Leviticus chapter 12 in the ESV. So this is dealing with a woman who is giving birth and This is where we really need to understand that unclean is not the same thing as guilty or unrighteous or sinful. These are not in any way synonyms. So a woman giving birth to a child is a wonderful thing, a beautiful thing, right? But because she's had a flow of blood, it makes her unclean. That means she's not able to come into the assembly of God's people for gathered worship and that anyone who were to have close contact with her would also be unclean, remain unclean until evening, uh, at least. And so there are regulations for how long she remains unclean and then what she has to do uh, to get clean again. So there are two little charts in the ESV study Bible that are helpful that I thought I would share with you at this point. And these deal with this whole concept of clean and unclean and holy And uh, there's really a spectrum between unclean at the one end, right, and holy at the other end. And the unclean is death is unclean. Human corpses are unclean. 
animal corpses are unclean. But then unclean, but not as unclean, are unclean non-priests or unclean animals. And then sort of in the middle, you have clean non-priests and clean animals. They're clean, but they're not holy. They're not set apart for the Lord. Well, then you have physically impaired priests and blemished animal sacrifices. They are set apart for the Lord. They are holy, but they're defiled. They're, they're tainted in some way, so they're not perfect. And then the most holy are the priests and the sacrificial animals who represent life. So it's a spectrum between holy and unclean, holy and unclean, and between life and death. Jesus, of course, is the absolute fulfillment of this. He is the Holy One. He is the eternal life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus is our great high priest, and Jesus is our spotless sacrifice, the spotless Lamb of God. Jesus was so holy and so clean that whenever he touched the unholy or touched the unclean, he was not defiled by their unholiness or by their uncleanness, but rather he transformed them to be holy and clean, even as he is holy and clean. And that's powerful for us today because we are unholy and we are unclean. We are defiled and we are flawed and we are sinful. And when Christ touches us by his Holy Spirit, he makes us clean and he makes us holy even as he is. Now, within the Mosaic law, there were grades of uncleanness. Not all uncleanness was regarded the same. So a discharge of blood or a skin disease, that's not really anything that is sinful or guilty. It's just an uncleanness. And so it's it's very much tolerated and just dealt with, right? There's no blame put on the person for it. But then there are forms of uncleanness that are punishable because there is a level of guilt involved. And so some things make you both guilty and unclean. And that would include forgetting to cleanse yourself when you know you're supposed to, but neglecting to go through the cleansing process. But it would also include idolatry, murder, and illicit sex, which would all make you unclean. So unclean is not the same as guilty, not the same as blamable, because there are ways that you could become unclean that are not involved with guilt or blame at all. And yet the things that do make you guilty also do make you unclean. So that's kind of an important distinction to keep in mind. Anyway, if we go back to our text in Leviticus chapter 12, there's a very important connection to Christ here because Mary gave birth to Jesus, her male child, her firstborn. And so we can jump over to Luke chapter 2, and we can see that after the birth of Jesus, right, Luke chapter 2 verse 21 says, at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And so we see that that is exactly in keeping with what God commanded that on the eighth day, the flesh of the foreskin shall be circumcised. And so that's when he's circumcised, and that's when he's named, and he's named Jesus. And then the next thing we read is that when the time for their purification, according to the law of Moses, came, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, 
and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now that is the provision from Leviticus chapter 12, verse 8. If she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take two turtle doves or two pigeons. Joseph and Mary were a young married couple far from home. Joseph was a skilled laborer. He was a carpenter, stonemason, uh, worked with his hands, built things. So he, if he was in a place where he was working regularly, he would have been what we would call sort of working middle class. And they normally would have been able to afford a lamb. But they were in a position where they were far from home because of the census. And they, they could not afford a lamb. And so they had to bring the two turtle doves and the two pigeons. This is another little, by the way, a Bible trivia clue that the three wise men from the east did not come and visit Jesus on Christmas night, nor did they even come 12 days later, as the traditional calendar says that, you know, that after 12 days of Christmas, you have Epiphany, the visit of the kings. Because here, this is going to happen after 40 days or actually 8 plus 33, so what's that, 40, 41 days? He's go, she's coming after 41 days to the temple, and they still can't afford a lamb. And certainly, if they had been given the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh from the wise men, they would have been able to afford a lamb, and they wouldn't have just cheaped out on it, right? So the wise men had not yet come in these first 40 days or so of the Lord Jesus' earthly life. We see here that Jesus is fulfilling the law in that every requirement of the law his parents kept and then he kept. And this is all part of the process of him fulfilling the law and thus fulfilling all righteousness for us. So that's our reading from God's word today, Leviticus chapter 12. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the gift that it is. Thank you for Jesus who fulfilled the law and fulfilled all righteousness for us. Thank you that in him we have redemption, we have salvation, we have the one who frees us from the curse of the law by fulfilling all righteousness for us in our place. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, tomorrow the plan is to be in Romans chapter 11. So I hope you can join us for that and have a very blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.